take in our, our teens and our juniors, um, and we're thankful that we've had a number of our um, members here serve there and continue to help out and serve. And it's been a blessing to us to have Camp Kobiak and um, looking forward to what you have for us this evening. First Peter chapter five for First Peter chapter five. Always a blessing to be here at Mayo. Thank you so much for your love and support. Thank you to your pastor, his friendship to me, encouragement, his counsel, wisdom along the way. Appreciate him very much, and certainly appreciate you folks very much. And uh, we're going to get right into it. First Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five. For the case, he was getting himself in trouble up here, but I think we already know that, right? You know, I mean, that was, it seems like a no-brainer to me, but I just sensed I'd heard that before. He did wear it, yes, but I just, you know, he was going through those comments, and it, I just felt like I heard that before, you know, the woman that thou gavest me, you know what I mean? Like, where have I heard that before, right? The woman that the Lord gave you helped you dress nice today, that's what happened, okay. And so, very good. Good to be back with you, and trust uh, this morning was a blessing. We kind of chatted with a few folks in the hallway. That's just a great passage of Scripture. And I gave you the notes. Go back and study it out. But, uh, man, all of us need the Lord Jesus Christ, because all of us have a stain, even after salvation, in the sense of we still need the cleansing of Christ in our hearts. It's a real work, a transformational work, but it's a spiritual work that only God can do through His Spirit. And so, just be humble. Just be humble. Have victory over sin. Have victory over sin. And when you do mess up, you fess up, okay? And you get cleansed, you get right, you keep moving on for the Lord. And so that passage was a challenge in my heart, Mark chapter 7. I hope it was to you as well. We're going to be in 1 Peter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 4. I said 5 chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. We're just going to read uh, one verse, uh, verse 7, and we're going to get right into it here this afternoon. And uh, I, have, I have sat where you sat during afternoon services just like this, okay? So I get it. Do your best. I'll do my best, but we'll get right to it. And once again, look forward to what God has for us in his word. First Peter chapter 4, verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Everybody look up here. <laughs> this is an interesting verse. It's a power-packed verse. It talks about the end of all things, the, the end of time, the end of history, the end of God's plan in this fallen world, ushering in the new heavens and earth in the eternal state. And it talks about the end, the end of all things. Now, we're going to briefly with that backdrop, look at three things believers are encouraged to do in light of such a huge, dramatic, powerful statement. And of course, statement emphasizing what God is doing here in planet Earth. The end of all things is at hand. What are we supposed to do? Let's pray. Father, Again, so thankful to gather with your people. And this is your word, your truth. And I pray that, Father, you just use it as an encouragement, a reminder to stay busy in light of eternity, in light of the future. Father, so thankful for Jesus who makes this all possible. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, Peter is writing this a couple millennial ago. And he's writing to 
Christians, which would probably be, we would maybe call them first-generation Christians, or Christians, of course, uh, right during or near, within decades of the actual incarnation, the ascension, the resurrection, and all those revelation things that God had given to his apostles and prophets about the future. So Peter says in this, in this verse that the end of all things is at hand. What does that look like in our lives if, as we live in light of the end of all things? Now, Peter has mentioned here in the previous verses a couple things. Drop back just a few verses, if you would, please. He's talking about in verse 3 and 4 about how before you got saved, you kind of wrought the will of the Gentiles, verse 3. That is, you lived in the excess of sinful lust, okay? Some of you maybe got saved a little bit later in life. Okay, I did. And I remember living in the excess, the lust, the desires of the Gentiles, okay? And so Peter is talking about, maybe in times past before your salvation, how you lived a certain way. And he, and he kind of gets into these issues in verse 3. In verse 4 he says, Wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot. Or in other words, I remember, as a 17-year-old young man having friends, okay? And when I was with my friends, we did not good Christian things. So when I got saved, all of a sudden I had a choice. I ain't running with that crowd anymore. I ain't running with my friends. And I remember having to give up those friendships because those friendships would lead down areas that I didn't want to go to now that I was a born-again Christian. And I remember the first time I came to this verse, and it says this, wherein they think it's strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot. Yeah, they knew that something happened to me. I wasn't going to the parties on Friday nights anymore. They knew that. They knew that, okay? But here's what it says. I want you to see what it says. And, of course, they were speaking evil of you, right? So you're not running that way anymore, and now they're speaking evil. Yeah, I remember that. But here's what it says in verse 5. Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. Or in other words, what's that saying? These people who don't understand where you're not running with them anymore, okay? By the way, those people will stand and give an account to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ in this verse is ready to judge. So this is a, a future end times reality. Of course, we all know it that every single being of Adam's race will stand and give an account. And this is a reference, as Peter is leading up to this, the end of all things. At the end of all things, there's going to be a big, huge judgment. And that judgment is you and me and everybody else giving an account to God. Every atheist will change his mind. Did you know that? About two seconds after they die. Okay? If it takes that long. Okay? The Jews will realize that they messed up, okay? And every other person, for whatever reason, that rejected God, rejected Jesus, will change their mind on that day. Aren't you glad you know the truth today? Okay? Aren't you glad that you know exactly who he is? So Peter is kind of now in this end times mindset and, and this end of the world mindset. Matter of fact, just briefly, yell them out. We're, we don't have time, obviously, to get, you know, this isn't an end times, you know, uh, synopsis in an afternoon service, okay? But yell out some future events that will happen in the end. Go ahead. The rapture, the rapture of the church, absolutely. Christ will, will catch up his church, okay? How many think that's awesome? Okay, should we practice? No? Okay, the rapture. 
Yeah, the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm pretty sure they're going to have Chick-fil-A there. But anyway, that's just me. Personal opinion, not the Bible. Um, definitely Chick-fil-A sauce, but I, I don't know. That's just me. Okay, I'm just teasing. But yeah, marriage supper of the Lamb, God's glorious meals were so important in the Old Testament. God having fellowship with his people. Yeah, wonderful. Um, those are some positive ones, okay? The judgment of all people, that's a little sobering, yes? What else? Oh, yeah, okay, so we, now we're getting into Daniel's 70th week, the tribulation time, the seven years on planet Earth where God literally is pouring his wrath out. And, and we're not going to get into it, but you know there's all these judgments, the scroll judgments, God unleashes seven of them, the trumpet judgments, seven more, the vile or bull judgments, and there's some pretty hefty, serious, crazy, whoa, you read that stuff in Revelation, and guess what? God wrote it down, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So the, tr the tribulation period, the marriage supper of the Lamb, the millennial kingdom, the new heaven, the new earth, okay? All these like big, huge end time things. Hold your place. I want to show you one verse. I know you've read it before. Revelation chapter 10. Flip over there just real quick, real quick, real quick. Revelation chapter 10. We're talking about the end of all things is at hand. The end of all things is at hand. Revelation chapter 10, verse 6. If you're there, say amen. And swear, verse 6, by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things therein are, and the earth and the things that are therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time... Yeah. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> okay. Um, you're going to have to see Brother Bruce on uh, quantum physics later, okay? Yeah, you, you can have that discussion. I have no idea what that's like, okay? What's it going to be like resurrected with Jesus? What's it going to be like when this, this, this world as we know it, time as we know it, will be no more? I don't know. Sort of like being retired in northern Michigan, buddy. That's probably as close as you're going to get, right? Yeah, what's that going to be like? So, as believers, we know. Now, we don't really know, but we know that this is coming to an end. I hope it comes to an end before the next election cycle, because it is going to get crazy. Oh, my. And maybe... It's, Maybe some of us will see the return of Jesus in the rapture. Could be today. Some of us won't. And you'll go, go to see Jesus a different way. But we know, as Peter knew, that the end of all things is at hand. Now, I'm going to give you three quick things briefly. But to me... What's so interesting on what's not said? I mean, if this is like the end of all things, I mean, we can kind of just speculate for a moment in imaginary illustration sense. If we knew Jesus was, was coming next Friday and is going to usher in now the end, of, end time events of, of, of the tribulation and the revelation, the marriage of the land, all the judgments, millennial kingdom and all that stuff that we know. And we got... A week. What would you do this week? 
Would we, would we have soul winning every day at church? <laughs> would we have the end times conference every week? Would we have revival meetings every week? Would it be like panic? Would it be like crazy? I mean, would it be, what, what, what would it really be like? And I'm not here to say there's right answer or not, but, but if, if we knew, how would that affect what we do? Three things in light of the end. And they're very fascinating to me. Here we go. Let's let Peter preach to us. Verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. I mean, it's a power pack verse. I wish I could just talk about end times, you know, but we're not. But like, that's like powerful. And here's what Peter says. Okay, uh, be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. <laughs> Number one, <laughs> pray. <laughs> yeah, it's in there, isn't it? Yeah, the end of, the end of all things is at hand. So I want you to be a little serious-minded is what he says. Be sober-minded, and I want you to pray. Now, I'm talking to a bunch of people on an afternoon service in a Baptist church. I'd like to think most of you probably have some sort of prayer life, but if you're like me, sometimes it goes in season waves. It's more intense and less intense, and, and, and busyness of life creeps in. And if you're like me, sometimes I have to admit a lot, actually, that I should pray more. So somebody who believes in Jesus returning, according to this verse, and the, the end of all things at hand is somebody who's going to be praying. What a funny thing to say. How's your prayer life? Of course, we have our, our acronyms, our, our phrases. Um, I have this concept, what I call praying intelligently. Now, I usually never qualify when I pray that way because I'm not intelligent, right? Okay. But what I mean by that is you actually pray. The way you conduct the content of your prayer is based on all the prayers in the New Testament. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be the name, thy kingdom come. Do you pray that way? You pray for his kingdom to come, his will to be done. Do you, do, you, do you pray that you'll forgive people every day? Do you pray that you won't be led in temptation? Do you pray? And then we get into Paul's prayers in the epistles and all these things that he, you know, uh, Brother Aaron, I don't know what to pray. Paul gives us all these things to pray. And, 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 and it's not the point of the sermon, but you guys know that. Get in your Bible, find out what the prayers are, and start praying that way. Are you still praying for lost people? Do you have a relative or a coworker that doesn't know Jesus? The end of all things is at hand. And, and, and you may not be able to win them to the Lord, but the least you can do is bring their name to God every day. Pray that they'll, they'll get saved. I was sharing at uh, lunch today. There's a, 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 he was a Christian man, but uh, he was uh, in the logging industry. And um, 61 years old, as, this, as we understand, he, he died this a couple days ago. 61 wasn't, I don't think, COVID-related, but, but, you know, he woke up and everything was fine. And, and, you know, the end of all things is at hand. And so Peter says, just bring some soberness back to life and be a person of pray, a prayer. Pray intelligently, which is things in the scripture. We have our, you know, acts, A-C-T-S. We use that, adoration. How many think you can adore the Lord a little more? Oh, not ask for stuff. Say, Lord, I love you. Lord, you're wonderful. How many think you can pray more of that? Confession. We talked about that this morning. Do you confess? Thanksgiving. How many need to be more thankful? Okay. Supplication. That would be our, our request before the Lord. And I think all of us, we just take just maybe a little bit of uh, assessment of our prayer life. You know, we, we, say, we, we, we say all this stuff is happening in the Bible. Well, here's what it looks like. It's somebody who is just going to pray and pray and talk to God 
we have access to God. Number one, that's what Peter says. All things, uh, uh, the, the end of all things at hand, number one, pray. <laughs> number two, you ready for this one? Love. Here's what he says. Above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. So now we're we supposed to pray, we're supposed to love. Now, if you thought you're coming to get some really cool stories here and ideas and different concepts of the Christian life, that's not what Peter says. And I, and I love it because it just brings it back to the, to the core of what Christianity is all about. Okay, what serving God is all about. What the future is all about. The first thing he says is pray. Let's increase our prayer life. Let's be challenged by our prayer life. The second thing he says is love. And here's what he says. Above all things. Uh, this is a priority issue. Okay, this is a priority issue. You're supposed to do a lot of things. How many understand that? In the Christian life, you're supposed to do a lot of things. There's a lot of commandments, a lot of things we're supposed to do. But he says this, above all those things, don't lose this one, love. By this shall all men know that you are my, my disciples, if you have what? A shirt and a tie and a suit and show up to an afternoon service. I don't think so. That's great. I'm glad you're here. You should obey God that way. But he says this, this is how you reflect me to this world, is you're full of love. And it becomes this fervent charity among yourselves. I'm so thankful to be in a church that is loving, that is kind, that loves each other. But it's a good reminder for all of us that the second thing we're supposed to do is to have fervent charity. Now notice that last phrase, if you would, quickly. Charity shall cover the what? Um, yeah. Charity shall cover the multitude of sins. My wife, Tina, loves me. I don't know why. <laughs> Definitely sometimes I don't know why. You know, if you talk to Tina, she might even make a comment to you. She'll say, you know, Aaron's perfect. <laughs> I love him. Or something will happen, and I'll say something, do something, she'll say, ah, it's okay. I love him. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay. You see, when you love people, it sees past some of their faults. And it sees past some of their sins. Now, it says sins, doesn't it? Sins are transgressions against God. Sins are sins. But love has the ability to just see past that to the need and the compassion in the heart of people. That we are not just facade, shallow, show up to church people, but really people who believe that Jesus, who is love, is coming again, and all those end-time events are going to happen. So Peter says, you better start praying, and you better start loving again. Number two, love. Number three, we're done. Serve. <laughs> Serve. Here's what he says. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. I suppose you can use hospitality and grudge. <laughs> he has to tell us, no, uh, be hospitable one to another without grudging. And he gets into verse 10. As every man hath received the gift, so minister the same one to another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I love that. Manifold means multifaceted. God's gifting his graces to every one of us. All of us have gifts. All of us have graces. And everyone is expected to serve and minister in this body we call the local church. Everyone is important. Some gifts are highlighted more than others are the comely gifts, but everybody is supposed to serve. Has God been gracious to you, yes or no? Has God given you grace, yes or no? Are you gifted by the Holy Spirit, yes or no? Then use your gift in this church and serve. That's what it looks like. He says this, if any man speak, verse 11, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God hath given, 
that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The third and final thing Peter says is serve. I love people who serve, don't you? I love people who, who serve the Lord, who just serve the Lord. And, and they don't do it to be seen. Okay? You want to play that game? That's fine. Jesus said, when I come, when I come, I will reward every man according to how he served me. Okay? The end of all things is at hand. So you know what Peter says we need to do? Pray more. Love more. And serve more. And so you're not running around mile looking up to the sky every day and waiting for the rapture, okay? Here's what it looks like in the life of a true Christian. In your heart, you know all these things are going to happen because the Word of God says so. So you get busy praying, you get busy loving, and you get busy serving. Grab your Bibles, and we're done. Revelation 22, one verse. Revelation chapter 22, the last chapter of the scriptures of God as he concludes his final written book, the final realities of God's revelation, Revelation chapter 22. Verse 7 says this, Behold, I come quickly. Verse 20 says this, surely I come, what? Quickly. And verse 12 says this, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Three times in the last chapter of the entire Bible, Jesus says, I'm coming again. The end of all things is at hand. And when Jesus comes again, I know from the word of God, here's what he's looking for. Somebody praying. Somebody who takes that serious. It's not flashy, is it? Somebody who has a real prayer life. Somebody who's just loving people. Demonstrating God's love. His love in the cross. And somebody who's just busy serving. Serving local church. Are you saying that Mile Baptist Church, y'all off the beaten path a little bit. You know that, right? I'm mean, happy that you're off the beaten path a little bit. Amen? Yeah. Maybe there's not as flashy and crazy is this group of believers in Mile Baptist Church. And there's other bigger, better, badder, bigger, whatever churches all across the world. But you know what? Jesus is here. And when he comes back, when he comes back, he's coming back with his reward. He's coming back to, to you're going to stay and give an account, and so will I. Right, Dakota? You know what I mean? So, so just do what you're supposed to do and pray Love and serve. The end of all things is at hand. Just stay busy.
as Paul prepared. It's a simple message, but powerful truth. It's a testimony to God's working in your heart. How many have at least one of these areas that you know needs to get some more attention? And, and that's what church is all about. We come, we get encouraged, we get challenged. And I certainly, as I preach this, I know in my life, my hand's raised here this morning. But I certainly would like to pray for you. Is there anybody in the room who say, you know, Brother Aaron, kind of got a little off and maybe lost some focus here. And I want to make sure these three things are my life. God touched my heart in church today. If that's you, I'd like to pray for you. Can you raise your hands? Brother Aaron, that's me. That's me. I want to love. I want to serve. I want to pray. Yep, I see those hands. I see those hands. I'm going to pray and turn everything over to Brother Casey for closing announcements. Thanks for your great attention today. And let's go and get busy for the Lord this week. The time is at hand. Let's pray. Father, again, we're so thankful for your word. It's clarity. It's practicality. But it's powerful, Father. So I pray that our, our, our heart to serve will be strengthened, our heart to love, and certainly our heart to pray to you. Thank you for this wonderful group of Christians, their commitment to you. I pray that you'll bless. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.